Welcome into the Esports Network podcast. We talk about, well, primarily esports, but oftentimes we have to delve a little bit deeper into, you know, the, the real kind of detail work of esports behind the scenes. How do you, you know, make money in the industry? How do you kind of keep the financial, you know, sector of this space going? And here to help me kind of explain what he's exploring in the space. Let's welcome in Brian J. Esposito. He is the founder and president of Esposito Intellectual Intellectual Enterprises. Brian, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate the time out of your, I'm sure, busy, busy schedule to come on the show. No, all good, Kevin. I appreciate the opportunity and looking forward to our discussion. Yeah. So, Brian, you uh, just a quick background on you. You're obviously founder and president of, uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll term it EIE because that sounds like a, I'm about to say a really fun <laughs> nursery rhyme, EIEIO. But for you, EIE is basically a holding company. You have interest in what business startups and investments that primarily they focus on, uh, I mean, I just, to, just to get into the specifics of it is, is too much, but you guys have, you know, fingers in manufacturing, media, blockchain, crypto, oil and gas, telecom, space, maritime, music, TV, film, esports, e- hotel development. It's a lot of things you guys have on your resume. How do you manage to keep track of all this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So it's been one hell of a journey. It's uh, 20 years of of work that ultimately led to, as you said, as a holding company. So at the top level, it's uh, wholly owned by me. And underneath that are all these uh, extensions of, of an ecosystem or a world that I built. And and it's it's quite interesting. You know, I'm really one degree from any market or industry that I may want to enter into or work in. And when you start to work with companies and, and startups, even up to Fortune 500 companies, it, it gets really exciting. We just drop in a new product, a new technology, a new solution, new piece of IP, such as e sports and, and media distribution and you can create real tangible value and uh and it's been exciting you know it's been one hell of a roller coaster there's been plenty of mistakes and missteps i've made along the way uh, but as i justify it, that's all part of learning and, and helps you grow and become a little bit stronger and a little bit smarter and then now we're opening up some tremendous opportunities to help these amazing esports teams and players be able to monetize their popularity their reach and their talent and, and help support those initiatives it's always awesome to hear of course like you said one degree from every kind of industry you can think of at this which is awesome and uh, i'm so curious you started this up 20 years ago right and so how does this how does one come about you know kind of becoming the the figurehead behind a holding company like yours how does that you know happen Yes. So it, it was, you know, trial and error at first. You know, I started in the beauty industry. So in the late nineties, I built the first B2B, B2C e-commerce platform for beauty and personal care products and great timing, taught myself to code, had great access to products. It really created quite an incredible mousetrap to bring people to me and, and become a global company. And, and I was, I had a very poor model in, in the beginning uh, where I was asked to take what I've built and work with other companies. And what ultimately uh, kept happening time and time again, I was waiting for those other companies or opportunities to uh, contribute back to me what I thought was my earnings or what I was supposed to get out of that relationship. And time and time again, I was left uh, with nothing except for a promise. And, and, you know, I helped, I helped great companies, managements, and, you know, I worked with almost every celebrity you can think of as far as uh, musicians, actors, actresses, entertainers, and I built beauty brands for them. And then I, I watched what, what I helped do create hundred million multi-billion dollar brands and I wasn't, I was left with nothing. So I said, I got to change this model. So I started thinking, what if I had a band or what if I owned the technology that I was building? What if I had an apparel company? So I kept building all these other companies. And in my mind, bigger pie for everybody to participate in, larger margins, larger, larger opportunity helps diversify the, uh, you know, any, um, you know, 
revenues that may have dropped in certain divisions. And, and that was really creating a mess. You know, I just, in my mind, I said, I need to control, I need to have control over my world. I need to stop relying on others. And, and, and instead of me being invited into other people's worlds, I'm going to invite you into mine and this is how we're going to play. And it took me really 18 years to perfect it. You know, I really, really changed the model five years ago. And, uh, and now it's, it's, it's hitting its stride and everybody understands their role. We have a great mechanism and systems in place from great accounting, great compliance, great legal. We even have a private security division and, and all this support behind whatever we get involved in. And, and, and it's a rinse and repeat model. In my mind, I can do this forever. It's just, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of great energy. It's a, it's a simple model for me. If, if you do good work with good people, you can do anything. You know, as long as everybody can drop their certain levels of ego, greed, and pride and go into an opportunity as, as a team, much like esports players, when you're going to those tournaments as a team, you're working together, you can succeed and you can prevail. And if you don't, that team even becomes stronger. And then you see what you did wrong. How do you got to go out back into the market and be a little bit more powerful or, or, or what was the opportunity that we missed? You know, nine out of ten times when you look back at opportunities that you may have missed or failed on, you, you kind of say, thank God, you know, sometimes <laughs> fate, fate steps in a little bit of destiny, a little bit of luck. And, and you look back and say, well, I'm glad that didn't happen the way I was hoping it would happen. I'd be in a, I'd be in a big jam right now. So, uh, you know, life gets really interesting as you get older and you start to become a little more seasoned, a little more experienced. Uh, it, it can be quite an exciting fun ride. Hey, man, I, we, we can't all stay 21 years young, unfortunately, like yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Forever 21. That's right. It's good, it's a- <laughs> and speaking of 21, 21 was fun. And you just said, you know, you had a lot of fun kind of, uh, you know, 18 years in the making of, of this holding company kind of. Uh, working with these great people what exactly has been you know fun about being this kind of uh you know business leader is it is it the people is it the rewarding you know uh or not, not earnings but the rewarding kind of feeling you get from a success what what kind of drives this fun motivation for yourself yeah for me i, I get um re-inspired and have uh, new levels of excitement every day i get to, when i meet these startups uh, even even when i get to work with these fortune 500 companies the new divisions they create you get to see so much energy, excitement, and pride, and they're going into the market with something new. And then I get reinvigorated with that, and I start to reminisce about all of my moments like that. And now I get to come in and help protect that that initiative. I get to give it great resources and support. And uh, and when I work with, with, with these startups, I even have to sometimes take a step back, bite my tongue, because it's really important for this uh, management team or the co-founders or founders to be able to go through those experiences, get their ass beat up a little bit. <laughs> and that's what allows them to become uh, experienced and, and, and to lead a great company. But it's great to, to be there to help support them and make sure that they don't fall too hard on their face. Yeah, I mean, hey, hey, sometimes you can, you can try and I, I, with a kid eight month old, I'm trying to say, hey, you know, stop, stop trying to stick your finger in the fan. They're never going to learn unless they do it themselves, unfortunately. Right. That's how it kind of goes. Right. I get the fan out of their room. What are you doing? <laughs> Trust me, she's climbing like a monkey on things. I can't stop her half the time. But uh, speaking of growing up, right, because that's really what what uh, a lot of people kind of base their foundation of growing up. Was that was the goal always to be in this kind of career path? Was the goal always to be this kind of business savvy trade magnet you know kind of jack of all trades uh you know kind of uh, a business personality was that always the goal growing up or is that something kind of just you fall into it or after college you're like you know what? i can do this in a different kind of way i, I always had finding value in my mind you know i always uh, the old um philosophy find the new fill need i always thought that young and i was always doing things to create 
value for myself, have a certain level of pride and, you know, add something to a situation and obviously have an earnings behind it. Uh, but growing up, I trained to become a baseball player. I mean, that was my passion. That was my drive. That was my love. And I, I miss it every day. I, I often think and, and talk about these things. I'd be so much more happier making you know, a few thousand dollars a month playing a single or double A ball somewhere uh, because that was my first true real professional love. You know, it was something that that I thought it would I would do f- as long as my body could keep up with it. And and then I hit a point um, early in college where I, I hung up my cleats and I just went to building businesses. I started building businesses even at the end of high school. I just was, it came easy to me. But what, what was a problem for me was I was always too trusting. I always loved the idea of working as a team and I always brought people into those opportunities. And I was very often too generous, too gracious and and brought the wrong people in. And, and you know, esports players, professional sports players, I, I often quote, the, the scouts for the New York Yankees are not on every block of the Bronx. You know, they're all over the world. So I often brought in the wrong pool of talent from where I was stationed at the time or where my offices were. And I pulled from a few miles from that from that um, destination. And, and that was the wrong model. You know, it be, I slowly became a global company. I started to realize we can pull talent from all over the world. And, and, and that's, yeah, that's really what drove me is to work with a, work with a great, powerful team, have great management running these companies um, and, and speed to market. Speed to market is so important. And having all these resources and relationships that I've built over the years, you know, if the market is calling for something, we can immediately put, put the right resources behind it, get into production, get into development, get into distribution and, and out in the market to be able to partic- participate in that demand. That's awesome. So, I mean, personally speaking, I'm all, I, w- I also grew up playing baseball and I was, I was, uh, obviously heartbroken when I found that I sucked at it. So it's, it's not, it's not too bad, too bad from, I, I understand your pain is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> understand well, that. I, uh, so the, everybody sucks at some point, but, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was just something I always missed. I'd rather find that I sucked, you know, in high school than if I sucked in the minor leagues and it was actually a career <laughs> choice I had to make. So I'm thankful for that. You know, lucky, lucky little mistakes here and there came out my way and now I get, I get to talk to you about it, which is awesome. But, um, so obviously you, you love being that kind of first step into, the, into an industry, what do you look for before buying into a startup, before buying into an industry, right? Do you look at people? You look at trends, the market resources? Is it a combination of all these things you look at before saying, let's make a move into, I don't know, maritime industry. Let's make a move into space. Like, What exactly do you look at before you hop into those industries? Yeah, I, I always like to de-risk the trade. So um, uh, well, if it's a startup that's courting me, that wants me to, to join them, I come on as part of the team. I don't work as an outsider. I don't do passive dumb money, as they say. It's, it's okay. What, what are you currently doing right now? And I start to look at and analyze their pipeline, their business projections and, and their valuations. And oftentimes these startups create valuations that are not sustainable. They're not realistic. They go to the market and they try to raise money. Then they run out of money. Then they try to raise money again. And before you know it, they're diluted out of their own company and, and they're miserable. So I like to immediately come in and say, okay, let's think of it like glorified matchmaking. You guys are going and doing X, Y, and Z. I'm holding all these companies, resources, and opportunities. How can we make you more valuable? How can we make you more profitable? Uh, and more importantly, how can we sh- show you how to make money? You know, th- th- today's world is the best time. I've, I've never said this before, but to take on debt. You know, all of these opportunities out, whether they're banking deals, there's, there's free money basically out there. And if you had revenues and you had projected revenues, you can be able to go out and borrow money. You don't give up your equity and you're able to still have profitability. Uh, so, 
to answer your question, I, I go in as part of the team. I make sure we can work well together and make sure that everything is on the up and up. I want to make sure everything that they're saying is legitimate, see what they're missing, what can make them more successful. And then I start to give them the resources they need. And then after a few months of that, it is uh, personal capital, private capital, or some of our strategic capital that goes into fueling the business, not to go into fueling the hope of a business. It's going to go in and, and it's going to be the support they need to be able to be more powerful, have some more earnings coming in and be more profitable. Uh, I don't go in and help people's personal habits if they have a spending issue on buying ridiculous cars, houses, or vacations. They want to walk around with a $100,000 watch to each their own. That's not the environment I like to be in. I like to be in the environment where we help businesses become successful, sustainable, and then, you know, some realistic responsibility on their personal side with what they do with their finances. So really, it's, it's about people then. It's about, you know, can I work with this with these people? Can I, you know, see myself, you know, with the future with these people in this startup? Or is it really just, uh, I mean, obviously, if you can't work with somebody, there's no point going into business with them, right? Hundred percent. I often turn down opportunities where I know we can be uh, have a lot more earnings if I, if I don't feel good about the management. You know, it's not mm-hmm. about the money. Um, money is a byproduct of doing good things. So it's about it. It, I, uh, it is definitely about the people, but the equation is so equal. It's the people. It's the product. It's the opportunity, uh, and all of them have to be you know on the up and up. If if one of those things is off, it's not it's not a long term success and maybe a flash in the pan moment and that's that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for the long term and, and building a real business. Now, before we get into your your big ventures, I have one last question, you know, surrounding your your kind of background. What's one industry like I said besides the money outside of the earnings? What's one industry that you that you are particularly passionate about or, or super interested in? I know you got your start in beauty, but is that still something you're you're passionate about or what's what's the newest kind of lens you like you look back you think, "Man, I I love being in this industry, but I, I obviously I want to be more successful at it. Yeah, so it's it's across the board. Anything my name's on, I, I'm very passionate about. I don't I don't just drop things for just for the hell of it. And you know, the beauty industry is very interestingly like the mafia. It's attached to so many different industries, and it and it taught me a, a very valuable lesson for really any product or any any other industry is that when you when you attach a tangible product to something. You can really create some some extended value and that connectivity to someone. For example, if you got an esports player that's rocking right now, I'd love to come in and support them with. It's not like it's a new model. Let's let's create a brand around you, not just apparel, not just some tchotchke things, but let's start to create a real brand around you. What what can you attach your name to that I have history in developing those products? You know, whether it, it could be a cologne, it could be a skincare product, it could be a cool hair gel, and then but also have the opportunity to get into distribution, get retail, and then you start to build you know, an empire around a player and you start to help support their earnings and you start to show them there's other ways to value your popularity. There's other ways to value your reach. In addition to just sponsorships, winning these tournaments, let's start to show you what you can really do with, 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 with the world that you, that you've built. Um, but I've, I've been obsessed with connectivity since the, I hate to bring it up, but since those twin towers came down in 01, I saw Nextel's push to talk. And I said, that is a very important piece of technology. And then since then, I, I went on this this um, pilgrimage, for lack of a better word, to create parallel networks, create a way to connect with people, locate people in the absence of typical Wi-Fi or traditional cell phone networks. 
And uh, through that journey, we created the company. Well, I got I, I merged a lot of my assets and resources into a company that is now called Nodal. And Nodal's become the world's largest wireless network. And uh, and it's pretty damn exciting what that thing can do. We opened up some tremendous monetization applications for app partners, for people that can actually download the Nodal Cash app and start to earn a cryptocurrency uh, directly from their smartphone. And with that, we're creating this great esports campaign for all players. And the whole premise behind it is that everybody can win when you have nodal or nodal cash involved into your into your world. So you know, anything again to help enhance and support anything that we're involved in, specifically esports, the reach is phenomenal. The viewership is phenomenal. What has been a little tricky is how do you make money with it? And 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 uh, that's you know that's every industry in its infancy is get the reach, get the exposure, get get the get the momentum going. And now you start to scale back and say, how do you make a real good business uh, venture in, into this industry and how do you create something sustainable? And uh, that's that's what we're lining up and launching as we speak. That's perfect. That you just literally transitioned into my next question, which is awesome. And, and so I was going to ask about about Nodal specifically because this is an interesting kind of crossroads. It's, it's a low power network meeting kind of this cryptocurrency with Nodal Cash. I mean, just what did you see going? Like, what made you want to think like we should connect these two and kind of give back more to the people who we are serving at that point? And I mean, what what else can we expect from Nodal Cash in the next few years? Yes, yeah, so Nodal Cash is uh, partnering to some, to some major app partners. Your privacy is a big uh, importance of it, so we don't disclose who those app partners are. It is, it, it's aver- it, we've replaced the advertising SDK. So if you ever go into an app environment where you're you're enjoying the experience, and then bam, they they, they throw an ad in your face, and you got to sit back and watch a five second, ten second ad, and then you go back into what you're uh, originally watching. YouTube is famous for this. Instagram, Facebook, all these applications, Snapchat have this monetization mechanism it's it's what how they make money nodal created an opportunity where we could take our sdk build it into these apps and it works in the background and, and it creates a way for that app and also the the subscriber or member to earn cryptocurrency so it's really replacing the advertising sdk replacing it hopefully with nodal sdk now you don't have to worry about selling uh, user data user information to help monetize or help your company make money nodal cash and the demand for the nodal network is what helps supports the value of that cryptocurrency and then like i said everybody wins so as it relates to esports building that into uh, large esports apps uh, building a, a mechanism into these players that have their own standalone applications promoting it on uh, e- uh, networks like the esports network we have other great partnerships uh, as well and uh, and then that is also tied into the Turncoin and the esports exchange, which uh, we're honored to have a great partnership in the making with the esports network and your company. Um, and uh, and that's going to help again. Anything we can do to help players, teams, and companies that are in this space find unique ways to help monetize their reach, help them make money, because we're doing it for ourselves because we need to. And then when we create this perfect model, how do we share it with the entire industry? where everybody wins. And uh, I think it's a great tagline. I'm excited that I came up with that. And that's where we're going. That's, where we're going. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, pat yourself on the back whenever you can in this I industry. Will. That's, that's, that's the important part. <laughs> um, so obviously, thank you for, for also, you know, just kind of uh, working with us as well. I appreciate that. And I'm sure our CEO, Mark Thimig, will love, love hearing that you you love working with us. So, you know, I'm happy to hear that. You make my boss happy. So you make me happy. That's how it works. Um, Absolutely. Mark is a gentleman in class. Uh, yes. He's been a dear, dear friend since day one. And I want to see him succeed and win and all the journalists and, and, and employees of this company to do well. Awesome. And so obviously, uh, going back to the, the subject matter at hand with Nodal and, and Nodal Cash, obviously people, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll 
get the chance to kind of collect cryptocurrency. And now you have this cryptocurrency and you have to exchange it into some kind of tangible, uh, you know, kind of currency. Right. And so your latest with TurnCoin is obviously it's, it's a cryptocurrency exchange that's coming up in the, in the kind of this growing number of cryptocurrency exchanges. What exactly makes it different or unique among these, you know, these dozens and you know millions almost coming up every day, these exchanges? So uh, Turncoin and, and Rudolf Markgrave, who I've met in, he was the CEO and founder of Turncoin. I met him speaking at Investment Summit in Dubai in 2019. Uh, he was already a year, year and a half into building this thing. And, and when I saw the demonstration, I was blown away. It, it was an incredible platform developing and launching. It was initially going to be launched in the sports industry uh, for the Olympics. And then that you know, last year kind of didn't exist. Everything got <laughs> shut down. Uh, so there was a pivot and uh, Turncoin and the exchange is now going to be launching with the eSports exchange with some phenomenal uh, launch partners uh, such as Team Kangarna, which I'm honored to be a part of, and uh, some other great uh, players and teams in the eSports space. As, uh, as you launch anything, you want to give it instant credibility. You want to give it great exposure. And uh, the eSports exchange is one of many other sub-exchanges that will be launching under Turncoin, turn such as the Celebrity Exchange, the Music Exchange, the Actors Exchange, the Business Exchange. And, e- and when each of those launch, they'll be launching with some substantial launch partners and think of a top you know, one through five top celebrity or top player, a top influencer in that space. Uh, so with esports, you know, we're, we're rolling this out as we speak. Uh, it'll roll out in Europe, uh, beta testing. And what it does is it allows the monetization for these players to be able to uh, monetize their popularity. It's not based on your earnings. It's not based on your revenue. It's based on your reach and your exposure. And we, we created a, a, a legitimate secure and, and and working with regulators way for people to buy a virtual share of their favorite esports player. So when the esports exchange launches, you'll be able to buy a virtual uh, stacks that we're calling them or think of what the NFT world is now. Mm-hmm. This has been in development for north of five years. And the reason why we it's taken so long to launch is that you got to do things correctly. Everybody that goes into the market and does things incorrectly they may make a bunch of money, but they usually have to f- deal with a ton of backlash and a ton of legal issues. With the esports exchange and Turncoin, we're working with all the regulatories. We have great legal, great b- compliance, incredible marketing team, everything to be done correctly to help support that sub exchange. So all these esports players are going to be able to list themselves on the esports exchange. They'll create what I like to consider it like a virtual uh, baseball trading card or a virtual, you know, any type of virtual card that you have tangibly, but you have your own playing card with your own statistics and your own uh, virtual share price. And each player will, will receive X amount of virtual shares. When they sell, the player gets 90% of that revenue. The platform gets 10%. And then when they sell out, they trade in the open market. So just like you're trading Pokemon cards, or you're trading <laughs> baseball cards, or but in a virtual, well-regulated, safe, secure, uh, wonderful environment for people to participate in being connected with their favorite player, being connected with their favorite athlete or their favorite actor, actress, or musician. Uh, and we believe this is going to be one hell of a, of a mechanism for players to really be able to receive the worth that they should have, you know, when they're putting their content or their work up on 
you know, media streaming players or any type of other venue or social media platform, they're not getting the maximum reward that they should get. They're participating in a nice payout, but it's not, it's flipped, it's upside down. They should be getting a lot more than they're actually getting. We want to be that platform to help them monetize what they should be earning, give them great uh, wealth enhancement tools. And that's how we also came up with launching game on talent management and being able to help these players when they do have that um, you know, windfall of, of monetization coming in, how can you protect them and, and uh, preserve their wealth and enhance their wealth? So, you know, we brought in people like Jonathan Massey of Ascendancy to make sure we have all the right regulatory licenses to help these players have that financial wealth uh, management tool. And then working with Team Kangarna, you got Michael Padilla, Muhammad Abazara, and uh, Douglas Brew to be able to uh, perfect the model, work with an incredible team that has an incredible reach, and then you know, replicate this for other players and teams around the world where they have all the tools and resources they need to be successful, stay successful. And then when they hang up their controller and they retire 100 years from now, they'll actually have, hopefully they'll have the, uh, the wealth that they earned and, and, and be able to enjoy life and, and you know, have generational wealth for, for, for them and their families. This is awesome. This is real cutting edge kind of, uh, you know, stuff in terms of just the concept and then the implementation. So with the exchange, you're kind of giving people the chance to back their favorite personalities, almost akin to like a stock market. But instead of businesses, you're, you're placing them with the personalities, the musicians, the gamers, you know, the fans kind of get to buy into the, the, the personalities. And that's such an interesting concept. Can you, man, I just... I'm, I'm going through a million thoughts in my head a million times. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's what I, when I first saw it, that's what I said too. <laughs> but so, so when, so let me ask you this then. So when you first heard of this concept, what was your first thought about it? Was it just kind of like a small level of intrigue, maybe some skepticism or was it something like, let's buy into this and then see what we can, where we can take this. Uh, no skepticism because I, again, when I met Rudolph, the founder mm-hmm. in, in Dubai, I was, um, I, I got a pretty good gut feeling about people and I could see his passion and love for. It. And then what I love to do is how can I help? I mean, that, that's just how I'm wired. I want, I want to be part of this. What do you need? What are you missing? Let's put, you know, guns on the table. Tell me where you're at and don't, don't BS me. What can I do to help you make this successful? And, and I've been working with them for uh, three years now coming up on three years and, and I'm honored to, you know, I lead on their uh, global partnerships. I lead on marketing. I love, uh, I love strategy. So I, I always love to take the role of just let me, let me take the, the role of strategy. Let me do what I do and let me bring value. And, uh, and I got to work with Rudolph and this amazing team of uh, experienced professionals from around the world. And, and I think we knocked it out of the park. Again, it was a painful journey because when, when you want to do things right, it takes longer. Mm-hmm. And when you want to do it the correct way and have a business that can withstand any type of issues that come up, you know, this is the Wild West. Uh, cryptocurrencies, digital assets, it's the Wild West. And all you're going uh, to see a lot of issues and you're starting to see them now with SEC, certain regions around the world because they're not working with regulatory agencies. They're going into a market. They're, they're making a bunch of money. And when they have an issue, their answer is, okay, we'll just pull out of that market. That's not how you do business. You, you want to you work with these legendary banks and, and systems that are in place and regulatory that's in place and do it the right way and figure out what is the right way to do it. And, you know, another thing that we're, we're bringing to the table is a company called CDX, uh, Chicago Digital Holdings. And it talks about the exchanges you were bringing up before. And one of the things that's freaked me out about these exchanges since they've, they've been created, they're not run by professionals that have dealt with 
exchanges in the past. You don't see anybody coming from New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, um, uh, commodities exchanges that are launching these, these massive exchanges. You know, they're, they're relatively young individuals that saw an opportunity, which I love. They created this platform and they're moving digital assets from all over the world. But what scares me is that there's no regulatory uh, backbone or experience there. And with CDX, you're taking three gentlemen from that, that led the Chicago Mercantile Exchange for the last 30 years. They moved hundreds of trillions of dollars in commodities around the world. They know what they're doing. They know how to work with regulatory. They know how to create liquid markets. And they know how to protect the assets moving back and forth. Uh, so CDX is, is launching shortly. We're honored, I'm honored to be part of that team. It's, it's some of the most incredible people I've ever met, uh, run by Fred Greed. And, uh, and they brought me in to, to help with that. So in my mind, it's again, it's the same thing I've done with EIE. It's here's an ecosystem or a complete package of solution when you have the monetization mechanism such as TurnCoin and the esports exchange. You got the talent management of uh, Game On. And then you have things like nodal built in to enhance the potential and how you can earn more money. And then you have things like CDX where, okay, you have the exchange, you have the professionals, you have all this resources brought into an opportunity or into an industry like esports. Now we have fun and we allow these players and teams to use all these resources, make money, have a bigger reach, have something different to go out to their audience with and another level of connectivity with all their fans. That's awesome. So you guys are really just covering all your bases here in terms of just your talent, talent management, your digital kind of assets, what your guys are putting up and, and how you're kind of protecting all that. And it's, it's a great, I love it. It's, 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 it's such cutting edge stuff. And I, I, so obviously with CDX coming up, this is a, a just off top question really quick. Yeah, um, with CDX coming up and, uh, you know, these kind of digital exchanges kind of obviously starting to become more, more permanent now. It's obvious that this isn't some kind of bubble anymore, right? This is almost going to be at some point soon a fully realized industry, right? Yes, but it, in my opinion, it needs a lot more seasoned professionals to come in and help. I, I guess if I had to compare it to anything, um, when the Google founders launched Google, phenomenal success, right? Amazing mm. story. And then they had to bring in Eric Schmidt. And then he was like, I think they called him the RA, you know, the, 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 the resident. What's the, I don't know what A stands for in the college. Advisor, anyway, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so like, <laughs> they had to bring in someone to help control the growth, a little more experience, season, blah, blah, blah. So I, I really want to see that starting to happen. And it's great to be disruptors. It's great to go out and say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I personally don't think it's great to say we're going to, we're going to go against all the governments, we're going to go against all the banks, we're going to go against all the traditional financial systems. I think, you know, people that say you don't need to put oil in your car anymore, just put a banana in it and you can drive for an hour, they, they wind up dead. So I think it's great to work with people and, and, and work with legendary systems that know how to create markets, know how to support markets. The stock market, whether, you know, whether it goes up ridiculous or drops crazy, it always works. It's always a liquidity mechanism for people that are holding paper. They go into the market and it trades. So, but it always works because there's systems in place that have been there for a very, very long time. It's built upon a robust, a robust technology. There's security systems and there's professionals there that know how to trade. Um, that is what is desperately needed in digital assets. And, you know, as far as I know, Chicago Digital Holdings or CDX is the only one that I know that's being developed the right way and with the right resources and team behind it. And I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that because that's going to help legitimize it. It's going to help the other 
what is it, 95% of the world that doesn't even know how to get into crypto. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a crazy number. It's amazing what, what this industry has done, but there's a huge market still wide open. And you'll get those people when you help legitimize it, when they know their broker calls and say you can trade it on this platform. It's run by the guys that used to run the Chicago Merck. People put their, again, they just put their guard down and they feel a little bit at ease and they have a you know, better appetite to, to, to dip in and, and see what it's all about. Hey, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. CDX is that tide. The other currencies are obviously, or the exchanges are obviously going to be that that those boats. So I think you guys are on the right track right right now, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for for digital assets. And so uh, I have winding down a little bit now. I have a few more questions, really quick. Obviously, uh, the esports exchange and Turncoin.com coming up towards these uh, kind of esports personalities. Now you're kind of creating a brand around a player or a team with with t- game on talent management, and so. Just is this something new that you've seen in the industry, or where, where you know one company takes takes hold of the the the, the kind of uh, monetization of a of a personality, the other person kind of manages it? Is this kind of a, a brand new idea? Is it this whole uh, solution that we're putting together? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, well. Game on is a completely separate entity. It's not associated with right. Turncoin or the esports exchange, but it will be a, a certified partner. You know, so when mm-hmm. you when you have that monetization mechanism on the esports exchange, and the players list themselves and they start to sell their virtual shares to their fans, uh, the idea is okay. You're making you're making additional money and earnings now. You know, protect it. Here's game on talent management. Here's all the licenses and, and regulatory professionals that can help you with great investments, things like health insurance, everything to help protect your career and give you some some fire and support under your earnings potential. And um, and then things like with nodal cash, it gives the players the opportunity to earn nodal cash cryptocurrency, you know, whether they're in a tournament or not, that'll always live and work in the background of their app or their app partners. And, uh, and this whole thing, this whole thing just, just should be one complete solution for the player and for the market. And then having great partners like the esports network and, and your reach allows us to get that message out there, allows us to onboard a lot of these great players, whether they're amateurs or they're prof- professionals, and give them the support tools and resources they need to have a successful career. That's awesome. Man, that's great stuff. Ugh, I can't wait to see where this goes in the next few years. Obviously, I, I've been saying this for, for a while, and I think 2020, the, the decade of 2020, will probably be one of the most influential decades for esports in the next 50 years to come. I just truly believe that. And, and because of things like this, I think it's becoming more and more true every day. And I'm starting to feel like, am I really Nostradamus here? Am I just talking out of my butt? <laughs> but no, you're really coming up with some great stuff here. And so I, I just two more questions really quick. Yeah, hit me. Let's go. When you first heard about esports, I'm going to assume you didn't you didn't hit it with skepticism, right? Because from what I've learned with this interview with you, you're not a very skeptical person if it's presented in, in the right way with the right people behind it. When you first heard about esports, what was your immediate reaction to it, and what was you know the the level of intrigue you had surrounding it? To me, it was another another great market. Uh, we have a uh, we have uh, wonderful businesses and and and. Uh, productions in TV, film, and music. I always love to attach music to almost everything that I do. It's a big, big passion of mine. I've been heavily involved in the music industry for 10 years. And I started thinking, you know, what will help these players, you know, play better? You know, music has been a great inspirator for, uh, inspiration tool for anybody. If you're having a bad day, you throw in a song, you feel better. Or if you're having a bad day, some people throw in a a negative song and they feel worse. (laughs) However you want to relate and get through the day. And the same thing happens with um, inspiring and, and motivating and pumping you. You know, we are the champions by Queen, and they play that in every stadium for a reason. It gets the entire field of players and fans just 
pumped. Uh, same thing would apply to esports. So I started thinking, where do I fit into this world? It's a great media. I started thinking of tax credits. If we're filming these tournaments and we have our production facilities, who are our distribution partners? So I was looking at it just like it was a, a sitcom show or, or a featured film. What's the, what's the model here that we can take from legendary TV film production and apply it to esports? As related to a team, I don't like the model of we need sponsors. We need sponsors. To me, that's you know that's that's an exhausting model. It reminds me of the startup. We need money. We need money. We ran out of money. We need another money. We need more money. So if you're going to do a sponsor role, and I come in and I offer this solution, who's our long term sponsor? So so the players can be at ease, so the management can be at ease, and and they can play without stress, and they can play with excitement because they know they have the right tools behind them and the right resources behind them. So. I've been involved in this space for nearly a decade, but it's been maneuvering around what's the right way to play? What's the right way to be in the space where, again, we control our world? This is, this is our solution and we're going to be inviting people in. That's how I know I can have the most potential of success. If I, if I dive into a world and I'm waiting on other people, I know that model doesn't work for me because it didn't work for me in the past. I needed to create What's going to make us different? What will get people excited? How are they going to make money? How are we going to make money? And how is it going to be uh, sustainable? Uh, so that, that's been, it's been a challenge for a lot of people. I mean, there's these great teams with huge reach. And the, the tournament money that they win helps monetize that. But that runs out fast. You know, these players are renting these big mansions and they're trying to get people to watch their shows. All that is just money out. And if you don't have money coming in consi- consistently, uh, it's it's just not a good model. So that's what we created. We created this great model to help players make money, keep their money. I often talk to the players, and if you want to sponsor, be your own sponsor. But it, it, it dip into your own resources and promote your own career. That that's how we're going to create a real sustainable business, and that's how we're going to create a real sustainable uh, uh, presence in the esports industry. And again, having great partners like you guys is a, is a huge huge piece of that puzzle. Well, having you in the industry is a huge piece of our puzzle as well. You know, one of the best, uh, most transformational business leaders, um, you know, in the industry right now. We can't thank you enough for coming on the show. So thank you so much, Brian. We appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate your time. So obviously, I have one last question for you. You answered everything else. You knocked it out of the park, you know, unlike All your right. professional I'm career. Going back to baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but if people have more questions or they want to follow along with what you're up to, what your companies are up to, what your latest interests are, where can they do that? Where can they kind of catch up? Is it LinkedIn, Facebook? Where can they really kind of see where what you're doing? Absolutely. I'm very active on LinkedIn, Brian J. Esposito, also on Twitter. I don't use Facebook, Instagram, or any other social medias. And the corporate website is eie.rocks, so eie.rocks. I'm always accessible. I try to get back to everybody immediately. I appreciate everybody's time that takes a moment to, to reach out to me. I always try to do anything I can for anybody to help them or work with them. And I'm, I'm ex- as accessible as I possibly can be. Awesome. And so obviously, we appreciate you again coming on. It's been an absolutely insightful talk with you. I love it. I love kind of getting the, these business details behind the scenes of esports. You know, a lot of people see the cameras, see the players, but they don't really understand the, the kind of foundation that's built up on. And so thanks to people like you, we actually have those, those, those streams coming up and we can watch our favorite game sometimes. So again, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, Brian. We, we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Have a great rest of your day and hopefully we'll speak soon. Yes, sir. There he goes. Brian J. Esposito, the founder, president, head honcho of Esposito Intellectual Enterprises. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it again. Of course, I'm Kevin Cray right here on the Esports Network Podcast. 